Welcome back to Come On In Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Alexis. And we are your hosts. Today we'll be going over David versus Goliath, season 37, mm-hmm. episode 8, You Get What You Give. So we start off the episode with Angelina, who talks about, this is so great, the editors have been doing this with Angelina almost every time she does something shady. She confesses. It's kind of great to see that this episode rather than like the tail end of last one because we're kind of left in this shot of like was it a human moment was it not and she just totally owns up to it in confessional to the audience and like hey look that was dirty management you know got caught red-handed so she starts off by trying to reassure everyone and is lying through her teeth just saying like (laughs) yeah she just i just had doe eyes like i she had doe eyes i don't know what happened lots of eyes happened and nobody bought it no nobody did I'm glad that you brought that up too, though, because that was something I was reflecting on since we watched the episode the first time, is just how we see with Jacket Gate, after that episode, she comes back and is like, yeah, I did it just to get the jacket. Yeah. And same thing with this one. It's like, yeah, I did it just for the jury. Right. And I don't know that I've ever seen this before. It's very interesting that they're choosing to make sure to like show claims as to why she's doing these like sort of out there things mm-hmm. throughout her story. Meanwhile, we have like in this same season, Alec voting out Natalia. Mm, Natalia. And we don't get his explanation of why he did it, really, do we? Uh, not necessarily. I think that boils down to a lot of edit, edic, <laughs> right. if you will, um, talking about like the logic behind survivors' decisions. Some people get to explain the things they do, and others just don't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't get to see inside Alex's mind. But it kind of goes along with his character, considering I think it was Elizabeth who was like, I think he picks his words very carefully. Okay, so maybe he's not really sharing much in confessionals either. I mean, he probably is, but let's uh, let's stick with the character here <laughs> that we're trying sure. to build. Okay. The funny thing is, Dan is sort of the leading voice in this dissenting of like, I don't believe that at all. And he's talking about like, if you're not willing to own your mistakes, then I can't trust you. And first opportunity I get, she's gone. Spoiler alert. He does, in fact, give her, her his idol to save her in the end. <laughs> true. It's, a, it's a beautiful uh, eating your own words. Yeah, which Dan tends to do often and will continue to do this episode. Their feud, I think, is becoming more and more prominent. Like last episode, I think we were hearing them talk like, back and forth in confessional about how much they hated the other. And I think last episode of, of this podcast, I was talking about how it's interesting that he's acting like she's so immature when he is like the epitome of everything that he's complaining about. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a break, you know, like give, give yourself a little bit of self-reflection for a moment and like understand that you're being very childish about this whole vote out situation. Is that a case of it's just hard to recognize faults in yourself versus others? Or is this something of like he view like her immaturity is like different than how he expresses his immaturity. Hmm, that's interesting. That's taking a whole different facet of this than I was thinking. I was looking at it more as a, a little bit of a sexist thing. Sure. It's, it's at least what the edit is allowing us to see. Dan is constantly undermined in the edit. So the edit is sort of calling out sexism in a subtle way here by proving Angelina right. Mm-hmm. And his complaints about Angelina while founded in some ways, I think are a little bit like it's it's mostly like, look at yourself, you dummy, you know, right. that's, that's kind of how it comes off, at least to me. And maybe it's because I'm a feminist and I'm watching it in my own sort of sure. biased view. But I uh, it's it's something that's interesting because this season feminism has been discussed in, in a very blatant way. 
in the very first episode where Allison and Angelina are both looking for an idol because men constantly get idols. Of course, this episode, a man gets an idol. And this episode, Angelina talks about feminism once more towards the end in, in terms of sexism in general. But we'll get to that. Great. <laughs> The next, the next scene we get is of Mike and Christian. A notable quote from that is Mike saying, now she's been defanged, which is a little bit of an odd thing to say. It almost is, I think of that as something that you would take things out of a snake. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see that being a phrase you'd use for other people, but for some reason I can't see him using it on, on a male contestant. Like he's been defanged. No, and I think that is a very deep, analogy you don't really hear about men being snakes i don't feel like it's always a no. it's, it's usually a female who is the does snake. that go back to like eve oh absolutely we are back in the bible baby oh boy this is this david is definitely... versus goliath <laughs> who would have known it was just bible stories for today <laughs> no but you're absolutely right that this is this is a cultural callback to eve listening to a snake and therefore becoming a snake mm-hmm. in tempting adam to partake of the fruit too from mm-hmm. the bible mm-hmm. thus creating the fall of all mankind and why you can't trust women. Um, <laughs> I am obviously trying to say in the most ridiculous voices that I can. Well, that's not true. I can come up with a lot of ridiculous voices. Yeah, you can do better. I can do better. We'll, we'll get there another time. <laughs> um, so I, I agree. This is probably definitely calling her a snake. And I also think the only reason she's getting called a snake is because it's very obvious that she's lying. Um, right. She's been caught a couple times now. doing. She hasn't been very things. authentic. No. And that seems to be very important to this cast. Um, oh, yeah. Of, Authenticity for I, sure. I think for the most part, we're really only seeing like two people be inauthentic. Yes. Alexis, who's Sorry, raising her I, hand. I'm about to interrupt you. Go for it. But you should probably finish your thought. Okay. I think we aren't just seeing two people. We, we obviously know that Angelina has been playing the game and of like lying and deceit. And like people are aware of that. Yeah. But we also have Alec who isn't really, he's, mm-hmm. he's also doing a lot of the same moves, mm-hmm. but being very quiet about them. And, and probably smarter about them. He's not telling Christian he's on the chopping block. He's right. going to Nick. Correct. Um, I agree. And so in this, it, we've talked about this throughout many of our other episodes is that this group really does like to be open with each other and very authentic with one another. And when you've made that, like there's really just no need to lie to each other. And so I think this is, this is a little bit of a call of they haven't been very authentic Mm-hmm. And so they're one of the few people who are like having to resort to a lot of lying to try to stay in the game this way. So the other side of that, so the, the, those are the people who are being inauthentic. And who do you, who would you consider is the most authentic person this season? Gabby. Exactly. And people are not seeing that as a strength either. That's fair. So women are in a lose-lose situation here where I think men are in a win-win. On one side of the track, you have Alec who's playing a masterful game as far as where the edit is concerned. And because he's not being called out, his name isn't on the chopping block ever at all. And then you have Christian, whose name is on the chopping block for being such a threat, for being so authentic and so genuine and fun to be around. Mm -hmm. And obviously we're simplifying this scenario a lot. But I think there's something to be said that even if your, your biggest argument against Angelina is inauthenticity, the fact that those same people don't seem to be like, seeing if that's if that's a detractor then shouldn't the opposite of that be a strength and we're not seeing gabby's be being perceived as a strength we're being it's it's being perceived by mike so this is mike alone if we're going to hone this down to one person's perspective angelina is defanged she's a snake she's inauthentic gabby is crying she's weak she's she's not serious about this at all 
So like, is Angelina too serious and Gabby not serious enough? Maybe there's a balance there that Kara's making. I've made my point like three times. <laughs> I think you understand that I'm, I'm getting at like this, this perception of women who just can't win. And it goes through a lot of different forms of, of personality, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then we have Davy and Nick, who of course find an idol because they're men. <laughs> As this this season is is okay, okay, hold on. It's structured uh, uh, and framed for us to recognize, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's here's how I'm seeing this. Sure. Keep. I think you were heading one way. Let me bring um, me back. Uh, in. I I want to stay in the path that this is. Of course, they have. For some reason, the okay to just not be around camp, even as a pair, mm-hmm. and nobody's gonna like bat an eye at that. Mm-hmm. Only under the assumption they must be looking for firewood, right? Probably firewood or coconuts. And here's where I actually see a very subtle thing that he he says or Davy's like, "Hey, look around for something, a string or anything." And funny enough, Nick doesn't be like, "How do you How know? Did look you for know? A string? Right? Like, I don't think we've seen like." <laughs> rings in a recent season like this is a fairly different way that they're hiding idols right i don't Um, think nick probably picked up on it at all no he didn't but this is it's exactly what we're trying to say too is like davy has a little bit of power and he knows what to look for and who's he sharing that with another male right right and so it's just it's keeping the woman in the tribe completely in the dark and they They don't they don't even know how to start looking for these things Mm -hmm. um other than what they have way pre- i mean they have obsolete information basically right, right, of, right of how to look for these things it might be in a tree it might be in a coconut or something look for the marking they don't know what davy knows like yeah. yes a string is actually exactly what you're trying to look for right so what i was getting at though is it's it's at least okay i'm biased i am looking at this from a feminist perspective as it is but looking at the edit having started the season with two women looking for an idol and like emphasizing that moment by giving so much time for it only for a man to find it right afterwards is is for me framing the season in a way of just like, oh, maybe a woman will flip the script. Maybe there will be a difference. And so far, time and time again, Dan has found a second idol. Carl has gotten an advantage. And here we are with another advantage. And so it's just kind of frustrating to like have hope just for it to be thrown in a fire pit and you, seeing it burn. Do you think the editors chose to give a long section of it because they want more women to find idols. And so this is more of a, Hey, look, you need to find new ways to look for it kind of a thing or like, no, I don't think these women were doing anything wrong. They were looking in the woods, just like the men. They just were unlucky and didn't find it. Maybe they didn't have enough time to find it. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances specifically of that. I have a feeling that this has to do with Angelina more than it does feminism. (laughs) I think they're intertwined. Sorry. So, okay. Before we get into more of Angelina's stuff, let let us just praise Davey for that wonderful distraction play. We love that. It was great TV. (laughs) It was so fun to watch. And so, such a great, like, the editors did a great job with that scene. Okay. So, Carrie and Gabby specifically are the ones who are distracted, which is kind of funny because it's only two women in that group and they're not looking for the idol. (laughs) They're distracted instead by a man. Anyway, that's just a whole nother thing, though. (laughs) (laughs) And I did have a thought in here that it almost feels like Angelina did predict her own downfall in a gruesome manner of just like men statistically find more idols. And like, even though she's going to look, of course, it's going to be the men who find them. We could always hope, though, that 
it was actually a prediction that from the first episode, she knew that women don't find as many idols, but maybe she'll find it when she needs it. Hopefully. A la Ben Drebergen, <laughs> hero Ben. All right, so let's get to the reward challenge where Kara is an absolute badass. I see men complaining, whining, stretching their arms out. And she's got like two in her hands like the entire time. And when it comes to Mike, who's just like wimping out because that's just his character in the show anyway. And she's like, yeah, just put it on top of mine. I can handle it. And so she gets a third one and is holding up three. No problem at all. Nope. And everyone else is complaining so much. And it's just so entertaining to watch because Dan, who's next to her, is just like you know, shaking it out. And then he's got three in one arm and all of a sudden that's a big deal. But like Jeff also is like, it's risky. (laughs) Hey, Dan, this is your subtle warning. (laughs) And so he's like, where are you guys at? And Alec, I think was like right here, (laughs) which is hilarious. And then Dan's like, step on up. Where you, where's your three at, you know, showing off. And almost immediately, at least in the edit, his, his thing falls. I think it was fairly, quick uh, after that because we do hear jeff be like who's getting cocky own, <laughs> like so downfall um, i i agree i think this is really interesting i don't think this has anything to do with great feminist topics mm-hmm. but i think this is a definitely a benefit of cheerleading it looks it looks just like uh-huh. cheerleader stance to me of yeah. this like perfect arm she knows how to hold weight above her head right like for extended periods that's of time. a good point so shout out to uh cheerleaders to cheerleading <laughs> 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 you're you're teaching you're teaching generations how to win at survivor challenges. Right. And that's not a that's not an easy sport. That's a tough sport. It is a tough sport. Can confirm having had three <laughs> siblings as cheerleaders. Yes. I love Gabby's little comment here. As soon as he's like talking smack, she's like, We're playing smart, and lo and behold, this episode ends with Dan's downfall, ruining his old alliance, mm-hmm. and Gabby's alliance playing smart. Yes. I do also love Kara for a second time. Where she's like, we can't lose what we didn't have anyway. Good attitude to have. I think she's just probably mm. a really positive energy around camp. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. Until potentially next episode. Hopefully she outlasts Dan. Yeah. I really hope she does. I'm still really expecting Alec and her to become better friends. Because <laughs> they're dating. <laughs> because they're dating. <laughs> IRL. So then we get Mike's flip on the strike force. He's having this dramatic walk down the beach. And he's wondering like... I'm not worried about rewards. I'm worried about outlasting everyone else. And then he starts talking to Alec and he's like, the person on this field who's like the most dangerous is Christian. And it's good that he goes to to Alec first, as we noted last episode, I think. Something that Angelina should have done is one by one talking to people. But Mike goes to Alec, who is important because he's part of the strike force that has Christian in it. And then... He goes to everyone. <laughs> this isn't a one by one thing either. He goes to everyone. And so you expect like what traditional survivor things that this is a bad idea. You're talking to everyone at once. But For everyone's some reason, on board. You are so right, Mike. Right. And it's You're just, a genius. I, I immediately look to Angelina's face. This is the best face. idea. <laughs> and I'm so glad they leave these things in the edit where she's just like talking like this is my plan. This is my idea. But before we get into that, they start talking about all of the Davids individually. And Mike is like, I know Christian is just as smart as I am, and he can pull moves I don't even see coming. I know Carl and Davy aren't smart enough to mount an insurrection. And that's something he talks with Alec about. And then he talks about how Gabby couldn't even get people to follow her into battle, but Christian could. And 
it's just this underestimation that is so David versus Goliath, right? Mm -hmm. It's the underdog story completely. But more than that. But more than that, there is race involved here and there is gender involved here. You can take this away if you'd like. That's basically what I wanted to say. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, we talked about this with Elizabeth, I believe two episodes ago, Mm -hmm. how she had kind of made, or not kind of, how Elizabeth had made a passing comment about them being lazy and stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, talking about the same two Mm -hmm. men, Mm -hmm. in fact. And here we actually have Mike a little more directly, I would say, right? Singling out our two wonderful black friends on the... David. The David tribe. Sure, I was going to say the whole tribe name, but... Kalo Kalo? Sure. But, I mean, once again, we just have these two being called stupid, which is... Or not smart. Or just not smart. Which is an unfortunate stereotype that is still being pervasive throughout black culture. Mm -hmm. I I, again want to say I don't think Mike is necessarily doing it with that intention. That's definitely not, yeah. It's something that we should all just be more aware of. Yeah. And be careful to not continue the stereotype. Right. It's an internalized prejudice that i think we absorb from culture from media this being a a piece of media it is important for us to call out and be like hey this is something we need to get better at clearly this has happened twice this one season with this two same people and clearly they're not right because lo and behold carl and davy both mount an insurrection this very Mm -hmm. episode killer um i'm just waiting for my garagabi to get people to follow her into battle because if mike's being proven this wrong this much this (laughs) has got to happen this is this is what we're really building to in this david and goliath story is goliath's underestimating people just for them to come uh come with their magic stones please please let's get back to angelina who is uh very upset that we have shifted to christian let's uh let's get this out of the way right here quick and fast is this just she was an episode too early or is this who the plan was coming from? Um, this is something that I think Rob and Steven both talked about on Know-It-Alls this week. And I mean, they both recognize there's nuances to the situation. And I think that's obviously it's not so cut and dry as yes or no. Mm-hmm. But Rob says something where he feels like there's a lot of factors at play and that Last week, it just wasn't a male decision that Kara and Allison also pushed for Elizabeth rather than Christian. So he was sort of using that as a reason that this wasn't sexism. And I'm sort of answering your question, sort of not. Sure. I just wanted to talk to that point a little bit that it doesn't mean that's not sexist if two other women are for it or against it or whatever. Why? Why Why doesn't that make it sexist? Because women can also internalize sexist behaviors toward other women. It's not just men that can be sexist. Women can be sexist too. It's internalized misogyny. It's something that, again, we've all grown up with and, and internalized and absorbed based on the interactions we've seen in real life and in media and in our culture and at large. So I feel like, to answer my opinion on this question, that it definitely plays a big role in why it was so easy for Mike to bring up to the full group and John and Dan to be like, yeah, man, he's a threat. Whereas literally just like three days earlier on the island, Angelina brings it up and they were just like, I just don't feel good about this inside. Like my stomach, I don't feel good about this. That's fair. To also perhaps support that, this could be playing on how the men are supposed to be protectors and how that kind of a role is why 
other men take it so seriously. When the men have detected a threat that the tribe needs protecting wow, from, that's it. Okay, they're they're gonna everybody's gonna take it more seriously. It's like, oh, you are meant to protect me, and so therefore, mm-hmm. what you're saying must go. Mm-hmm. And um, you have a note here, and I'll bring it up now, and you can expound on it too. Um, we have been seeing a very feminist vibe given to Angelina, mm-hmm. and it's also somewhat in a negative edit. I think I'll have you talk about that more because I don't know that I've seen it completely negative. Because no, sorry, it, that was a, a shorthand. Can I clarify a little bit? Yep, go ahead. Okay, so for me, Angelina is giving off a feminist vibe and the edit backs her up. There's nothing to suggest that she was wrong in making that clarification that, oh, of course, everyone understands why Mike would say something, but they don't understand. Like, this is a flashback. Sorry, just to quote her a little bit more. To any other time, me or another woman have thrown out an idea, and a few minutes later, a man throws out the same idea, and everyone's like, that's a great idea, let's go with that. This is something that's happened in my life a lot, especially in male-dominated fields. And Survivor, this season, unfortunately, is another male-dominated field. So to have that group mentality be a lot more naturally kind and understanding of, of Mike's version of the idea and more bristling and cautious against Angelina's, it does make sense. I would add to that too, that if we are taking Angelina to be the personification of feminism Mm -hmm. and how Survivor is a little bit of a a view into our current society, Mm -hmm. then I think a a beautiful story is that there's a lot of great ideals in feminism that is a little before its time. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of there's a lot of false misconceptions about what feminism is. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast too, is to hopefully bring to light a lot of those things that that we're not trying to be radical or crazy. (laughs) Um, We're trying to show that there are injustices, Mm -hmm. that there are inequalities and biases and biases that honestly, just with a little bit of forethought and like a little bit of like weeding out bad ideas and bad plants that have been put into our mind garden. Like we have the ability Mm -hmm. to make a better world. And I'm hoping that that we continue to see that, that Angelina does continue to succeed and like go far in this game just so so we can see a little bit of that personification of feminism get further too. Yeah, for sure. And the negative edit part of that note that I had that you read is more about how Angelina is a negatively edited character this season. So it's unfortunate that the one who's like speaking up for feminist ideals and sexism is also the one who's being portrayed as a villain just because women are so easily villainized and Mm -hmm. just turned against, especially women versus women. And I was actually reading an EW article where Probst talks about this, asked, generally speaking, have you noticed a difference in the way men's and women's ideas are received in the game? And he does like repeat what we've said in this whole podcast, how survivor is a microcosm for life. And what Angelina is referring to reflects what's happening in our culture at large. And this changing landscape is impacting survivor. So this is a reflection of what's happening in our, in our culture at large. The, the fact that this is being, A, noticed by a woman, and B, called out and placed in the edit for all the audience to see, too, that allows for this conversation to happen. I'm glad that it was brought up in Know What Else. I'm glad that people are talking about it because it's important to call out and to know. But he does go a little bit further, and this gets in more into her edit. He finds it interesting that Angeline has a lot of fans, but also a lot of detractors, people who think she is too bossy or arrogant. You could list a lot of men who have played similar types of games, and they're often called threats. Of course, in this scenario, there's a myriad of potential mitigating circumstances that may have contributed to how she was treated. But big picture, I think we're going to continue to see a shift in how genders relate to each other. It's one of the anthropological benefits of this delicious social experiment we like to call Survivor. Funny little 
delicious use of delicious. So, um, I do, I do see the similar thing. We've talked about this with Natalie's edit, how women who have, who are empowered, who are confident in themselves can be seen as bossy, arrogant, and all these different negative values. If she were a man, if she did attempt that sort of thing as a man, then it could be just applauded and be like, oh, she tried. Ambitious. Yeah. A go-getter. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that she's being defanged is just kind of a a little bit a bad feeling. Right. And to add to that, she ends up having to be the decoy vote. They're going to go with her idea and she has to take the fall in case it doesn't go right Mm -hmm. um, is what the the Goliaths are expecting. Which for me is hilarious. Not hilarious. For me is so interesting because they could easily just pick another David who's not Christian and be like, it's Carl. He's an easy vote. We don't think he has anything. And then that confuses the Davids. Are they getting right information from Alec? Are they not? Like all of a sudden Carl's agent or Carl's safety is in danger. But in placing the person in danger on their own alliance, then the Davids really only have one valve of information to go from. So... I think that was a a little bit of a bad part play on their part. And just, it's easy to villainize a woman. Absolutely. Let's move to immunity challenge. We get Dan winning the immunity challenge. Mm -hmm. He was not going to let Angelina beat him. Right. We do end up with a showdown between uh, these two. And I was personally rooting that Angelina gets it. And so then she could just kind of be like, (laughs) get your own decoy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not how it happened, unfortunately. Did the Davids not ask what they should tell Angelina? That's my first question. It's just like, oh, okay, so what do we tell Angelina? Right. I don't, I think, That's... we hear this a lot at Tribal, mm-hmm. and it was something that we'll bring up just now, I guess, is that it does seem that we've shifted it into a little bit of a David versus Goliath, at least for this episode. Hopefully it'll switch up next episode, where we went from a unanimous vote with Elizabeth mm-hmm. into people being like, we have the strike force who... I think is pretty solid. And I think that's exactly why Alec ends up telling the Davids that it was Christian going home. But for this vote, they're going David versus Goliath. And in that case, they didn't care kind of a thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. they knew they were going to vote for Angelina. Maybe they lied to them and said it's going to be Angelina because, I mean, obviously she's crazy. She's chaos, whatever they decided to associate with her. Yeah. But even throughout tribal council, like those are the questions that we get see aired by Jeff Probst is like, is it just going to be a David versus Goliath game? And some people are like, yeah, like that's that's what it's going to be right now. And that was one of the determining factors is like, you know, we could go, the, the Goliaths are planning on turning on themselves, mm-hmm. but they need to vote one more David out mm-hmm. so they feel comfortable devouring each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think it would have been a lot easier for them to just say they wanted to do that exact thing, just tell them the wrong person. <laughs> right. Going back a little bit, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place this episode. Sorry about that. We're not a recap episode. (laughs) We are not a recap episode. We are a go by thinking episode. (laughs) Um, So when Angelina's sort of airing her concerns in front of Kara and Dan about like, I don't know if I like being the decoy. Valid. Nobody wants to be the decoy. Something goes wrong. Someone pulls an idol, just like she said, just like what happened. She could be the one going home. In the middle of it, Dan interrupts her. Red flag. And starts talking sort of down to her of just like, Angelina, you're the one who messed up. And if Christian whips out his idol because he knows it's him, I'll just take out my idol and give it to you. Like, I don't want you gone. Three seconds later, she's got to (laughs) go. So, A, he's not being very authentic towards her. Just pointing that one out there. And 
B, he's he's sort of talking down to her like she's a child or like she's just a pain in pain in the side, and he really genuinely considers not giving it to her, even that that would mess up supposedly his entire alliance's plans. Dan's a little bit sexist. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> yep. I am very passionate this episode. <laughs> That's all right. Going back to our tribal council, we get a question from Post about, you know, why not just keep it a Goliath 7? Why not keep it David versus Goliath? And Mike says, you know, the Davids were influential in our last vote, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were influential in this vote. Mm-hmm. For, for Foreshadowing an outcome that I don't think he... Nope. That he definitely had no idea was going to happen. But the Davids were completely influential in this vote. Yes. And the information... However, I think also maybe better said a Goliath was influential in this vote when Alec tells Nick mm-hmm. that it's going to be Christian. There's a lot of cross-pollination happening there in is. a way. And to which, after Mike says that, Carl kind of says, you know, they have the numbers. What else can we do? Shows a little bit of a defeatist attitude. Which is what Gabby told him to do last episode, so you know. They're just a, that, That's really the, the reflection we have from this episode is you should have listened to the girls last time (laughs) too bad and how fitting it is though that we end up with the goliaths in the majority with all the power and it's just continuing this we talked about from the first episode that there seems to be this dynamic of the goliaths that once you get a little bit of power that's what you start going for is just more and more power what they did not predict though was the advantages that would come into play the slingshot the slingshot if you will and the last thing I have from Tribal Council that I really wanted to bring up is I just love that I think this season especially we've been focusing on authenticity. And maybe I should have brought this up earlier. But John says a beautiful line right before <laughs> he gets voted out. John says this beautiful thing. He says, ultimately, you get what you give. And if you don't give anything, you don't really have a chance of receiving anything honest from anybody. And I think that is so true of culture. I... <laughs> If I had the wish of my heart, it was that we would all be, that we would be all honest. I, I said that slightly kind of jokingly, um, just because I acknowledge it is a far-fetched. big, right, far-fetched <laughs> dream. But I mean, honestly, truthfully, like mm-hmm. the more people that are honest with other people that are more vulnerable with people, mm-hmm. the more vulnerability and honesty you're going to get. Gabby. Oh, what? What? And I think that's, that's just a beautiful thing that would help to start get us back you know, as a society on, on a lot better of a, of a road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's, it's an interesting line for a lot of reasons. Obviously it plays into the entire season a little bit. I did read a post, I think on Reddit where someone mentioned how Nick was the one who was giving a lot. And in this episode, he got what he wanted. He didn't give any more. You sort of, you give and take and Mike on the flip side, has been taking, right? He took on the Lyrsa vote. He took on the Natalie vote or whatever. He he got his way every time. So it's about time that someone's like, you know what? I'm not going to go with that anymore mm. and flips the script. Nick, meanwhile, has been giving on the Lyrsa vote, gave on, you know, well, I guess Natalie was kind of nice for him. He gave on the Jessica vote, though. He didn't really want to do Jessica, but he wanted his buddy Christian. And so he's been giving where he could. And finally, now the merge comes. It's a lot more important strategically He's able to take a little bit based on the information that he's been able to gather by having such tight alliances, by having given so much in the past. All right, guys, that will do it for us. Thanks, of course, for listening to us. And uh, if you think we missed anything or if you want to continue your discussion, feel free to t- fly on over to Twitter and uh, add us at Come On In Podcast 
or uh, find our comic section here below the episode at comeoninpodcast.com. Until then, or next week, got nothing for you. Head back to camp. Got nothing for you either, Tyler. Bye, guys. Bye.